If you want Bradley Beal on the New Orleans Pelicans, you don't need to trade away assets. Just draft Keontae George at 14 instead. It's Thursday's Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, and we've got another draft profile here for you in Keontae George out of... Baylor, this was a guy that was requested a lot. We're going to break down his game for you, the strengths, the weaknesses, the NBA comps. And then in the third segment, let's talk a little bit about coaching staff changes. Are they coming or not? We'll break that one down for you as well. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. Covering this team, giving you everything you want to know, doing a ton of draft coverage like no one else is giving you. We're going to keep it going on today. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or it's the number one thing you can do. Listen every single day, whether that's wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. You can also support the channel by commenting down below on YouTube. So let's get back into the draft coverage day after taking a break, looking at the coaching staff, the training staff, sorry, situation, the player performance care staff team, whatever you want to call them. That's yesterday's show. If you want to know how important that could be, but also be a bad move potentially for the Pelicans. And today, back to draft coverage. So, Keontae George out of Baylor, a combo guard that's kind of a pretty complete guard. And I said in the open there, Bradley Beal, that looks like his NBA comp if everything goes right. Six foot four, a little undersized, pretty lightweight though. He slimmed down from his time in high school actually, so he's capable of putting on muscle, a decent wingspan as well. And I like this guy offensively. He is just a score. This dude has has like a nose for the basketball, uh, for scoring the bat. I, I can't speak. I'm tired today. Has a nose for scoring and getting to the basket. You you see it from him. Though he's not an elite athlete, this is a guy that runs the pick and roll really well and can use that to get downhill, put pressure on the defense, get to the line, or score with either hand, which is really great to see from him. As a freshman at Baylor, 15.3 points per game, 2.8 assists, 4.2 rebounds. He didn't shoot very well, and this is a big concern, in my opinion, for him. 37.6% from the field, just 33.8% from three. Though the shot profile and mechanics look pretty good, shooting under 40% like that, is an idea. We'll talk more about the weaknesses and the concerns about him and his fit with the Pelicans in the next segment, though. But man, he can score. And this is on an established Baylor team with a couple of other guys that are kind of like ahead of him in the pecking order here a little bit. So this wasn't a guy that was coming in and going like, cool, I get to run the team. This is this is all of me, all me here. And Adam uh, Flagler there and LJ Cryer there, too, all with kind of similar skills to him. And he still found a way to carve out a role talks to you and says hey this dude is a big time score when it comes to that you know he also 
I think is a pretty good shooter. He's got a number of different moves in his bag. He can pull up, he can step back, he can step to the side off the pick and roll and do a number of different things. And when you look at him, his shot profile is going to jump out at you. This is a guy that's going to take shots at the rim or get fouled and go to the line, or he's going to be shooting threes. And he's a pretty decent free throw shooter. 79.3% got there four and a half times per game in under 30 minutes per. Those are really good offensive numbers. He is a combo guard in every sense of the word. You know, you look at him, okay, need him to run the pick and roll just good enough. He can do that. Need a three-point shooter that's on good volume, by the way, took uh, almost seven per game, and that's where I think we'll talk about that more in the weaknesses part. We, You saw him shoot threes, and he has just enough of a mid-range jumper to keep defenses honest. This guy doesn't jump out at you as an elite athlete, and then to have the kind of success that he had at Baylor in his lone season with that overlap with some of those other players, which leads to a little bit of inconsistency, I think says something about what he's going to be capable of doing. And the fact that he can run the offense when you need him to, I think is big. The Pelicans need a couple more players, I think, like that sort of thing. You know, running the pick and roll and doing it exceptionally well is super important, but it does more than that. You see him probing the defense. Talked about Kobe Bufkin the other day, a guy I'm really high on. I think could be a lightning rod off the bench. He doesn't do some of the things that Keontae George does. He might be more well-rounded prospect, but you see Keontae George also probing a defense. Who does that on the Pelicans? Who does the Chris Paul thing of like jab step, kind of taking a couple steps in, start a drive, pull up or hold that drive up to see what the defense is giving you and then fire off an open pass to an open teammate? It's not a ton of guys that do that. But Keontae George absolutely can. And his passing, though not elite, is pretty good. He, on defense, is also average. I don't think he's a bad defender, but he fights through screens pretty well and has enough lateral quickness to really keep up with some of the guys that he is defending. And he's stronger than he looks. Could put on... A little bit more weight, maybe. We've seen him be bigger, slim down for Baylor. If he needed to, he could put it on. And I think he's got enough strength to keep guys kind of out there on the perimeter and prevent dribble drives. And I think when you look at that, in the context of the Pelicans, that's fine. Doesn't need to be an elite defender. I don't think they need to draft an elite defender. I simply want them to take a good half-court offensive player. And that is something that Keontae George absolutely does. Can shoot threes on high volume like Bradley Beal. Can run the pick and roll just enough and be your point guard out there for a, a period of time just like Bradley Beal. Gets to the rim, finishes well with either hand even though he's not an elite athlete, just like Bradley Beal. There's just a fluidity to his game that reminds you of Bradley Beal. So why trade for Bradley Beal and all the picks and things that it would take? And he's aging a little bit. And instead draft the next Bradley Beal in Keontae George. I don't know if he'll be at 14. I think he, this is a guy that NBA teams are going to like and would not be shocked if he goes higher than 14 and won't even be there. But what are some of the weaknesses? I think he's a great offensive player, can kind of give you everything there. What about 
the weaknesses and what are the concerns about him and maybe why he could slip and potentially be there at 14. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The app is safe. It's secure. It looks fantastic. The layout makes it just easy to navigate and find the bets and wagers that you want or that... Maybe you weren't thinking about, but they're put right out there in front of you so you can see those same game parlays make even more money that people are taking. And you also get paid instantly. So there's no better place to uh, bet all the NBA Finals than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today. And every day, we're here, Monday through Friday, Known Us is breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's why the medical training, player performance, and care, staff, team, whatever the official title is, is so important that that change is coming, and why maybe it's it's a mistake. Giving you all the angles you want to know about moves like that here unlocked on Pelicans. No one else comes to you like this completely free. You want to support the channel? You don't need to give me money. Don't need to sign up for anything. Just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and comment down below. Plus, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. I did a mailbag in yesterday's show. And a lot of the questions I got were episodes we've done in the past two weeks here on Locked On Pelicans. Listen every day. You're not going to have as many questions as you want because trust me, we're covering it on Locked On Pelicans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We even got fancy new graphics on YouTube. So, today's show, we're looking at Keontae George draft profile for the guard out of Baylor. Young, too. He will be 20. He'll turn 20 next season, middle of next season. This is a guy that if you just need a scorer, if it all goes to plan, this is a dude who's going to be an elite scorer at the NBA level. He's going to be able to add more of a mid-range game, too, I think. But if it goes poorly, you have an inefficient undersized guard and that is something that doesn't always work out at the NBA level the the shooting percentages are a concern 37.6 percent from the field and just 30 let's round up and be nice to him 34 percent from three on good volume and I think some of that is because of the large volume of attempts that he was taking and the fact that Baylor had two other guards that were taking minutes up that were also kind of eating into his role a little bit, even though he started, was a little bit of a problem for him. And it forced him to maybe take some shots that you look at and you're like, why are you doing that? But he just wanted to kind of go out and get his. Is that a product of the situation he was in or is that who he is as a player? Because you look at a lot of his tape, y'all, there's some chucking going on there. And I don't think that really works on a team, particularly with Zion Williamson. And so getting a guy that's a bit of a chucker, I think could be a minor concern. Going back to some of his high school stuff that I was able to see, better three-point shooter, including some of the stats out there. So maybe that was more of a Baylor situation, and that if he simply refines his shot selection here in the NBA, it'll be okay. Defensively, he's fine. 
fine at best. He's six foot four and a little undersized. Teams are going to try and put him in pick and roll situations and just attack him and target him over and over and over. It depends on how you feel about the Pelicans' defense. I think the defense was good last year. They were. Someone someone asked me, like, should they do more zone to try and be better? They had the sixth best defense. Defense wasn't the problem for the New Orleans Pelicans at all. It was offensive, which is where Keontae George thrives. So I think you could work in the system here, but undersized guards is something I like staying away from. But you also have a bigger guard in Dyson Daniels. So you can roll with a guy like this. But I don't know if you'd really want to see very many backcourts with him and Jose Alvarado in the half court. You know, when we saw that Jose and Devontae Graham backcourt, that wasn't great. We've seen Jose and CJ struggle a little bit together too. Those undersized backcourts aren't great. So Keontae George and Jose, Keontae George and CJ McCollum, I don't know if that's a great mix of things if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. So something to keep in mind when it comes to that as well. Offensively, as good as he is running the pick and roll, he struggles when he gets double teamed and blitzed. You throw two at him, he turns the ball over and he drills into bad situations. That kind of ties into the first point I made here about him kind of wanting to go and get his. While he's great with the ball in his hands, the handle is very tight and he's very good at keeping space between him and his defender. You throw two at him and that kind of goes away that skill. So when he's running things, if he's running things his rookie year, he's going to he's gonna really, really struggle. Is he going to be doing that, though? Is he going to kind of be running the show? Or are you going to have him out there with Zion, with B.I., with C.J.? And it's like, look, you want to double-team Keontae George? Go right ahead because others are going to be open, and those are the people you don't want to be open because they're going to burn you. So given the team and the makeup here, I don't know if that's as big of a concern as it could be for other teams where he's maybe going to more of a rebuilding team. And I think you can live with them doubling him and just work on getting the ball out of his hands. But the problem is, you know, the basketball IQ isn't as high up as some of the other guys we're looking at in this draft. His feel for the game is good for the most part. But he makes some questionable decisions with over dribbling and just trying to kind of create things that really aren't there. And it leads you to having those like WTF moments. And for a Pelicans team that's going to have kind of high expectations and high stakes around him next year, do you have the ability to go out and put a guy out there and let him learn and make mistakes? Or is Keontae George going to spend a lot of time in the G League? And is that really where you want to put him? I'm not sure. But... The ability to score that he, in the way that he does when he gets going and he scores in bunches makes him so intriguing, so intriguing that if you can refine his shot selection, if you can work on adding a few things to his game, the basketball IQ, the recognition, and maybe limit his role a little bit in the beginning of his career and let him blossom, you have a guy that could be a very special player, just like Bradley Beal is, and that's why I think that's the NBA comp for him. I really see that with just how fluid his game is, the ability to get to the rim, the ability to shoot threes, the good form. You know, if if he's there at 14, and I don't know if he will be, I think he's going to end up going higher, at least right now. Pelicans are going to have it, almost have to take him, even if he's a little more developmental, I think, at this stage of his tenure than you potentially would want. 
But there's a lot of talent there and a lot to like. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube, do you like Keontae George? Is this someone you want to see the Pelicans take? Where do you rank him with guys like Kobe Bufkin, with... Uh, Jordan Hawkins, and Bryce Sensabaugh, all of whom we've covered here on Locked On Pelicans. So coming up next, this came from a question that I was going to do in the mailbag yesterday, but I don't have the question the the question in front of me, so I don't have the Twitter handle of who it was. Are we going to finally see some changes coming to the coaching staff? It's, it's June, basically, when you're listening to this already. Are they kind of done? I'll give you the answer to that question coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, whether it's draft profiles, whether it's the big stories around the team reacting to the news from Christian Clark of NOLA.com and his report that there's going to be restructuring going on within the medical staff of the team or looking at stuff like the coaching staff and giving you an answer to that question. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to support the channel, best thing you can do, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. All your Pelicans questions will get answered. We got a lot more to come here. We're still five days a week. It's the off season. People are taking breaks. I'm not. So subscribe. So this came from a question that I was going to use in yesterday's show. And then the restructure news kind of trumped everything there. And I think it's, it's a funny question to me. And the question basically was like, it's June. Are we going to see some coaching staff changes? The answer to that is yes. Yes, you will. And everyone need, and everyone just needs to have a little bit of patience with that. You know, they've lost one coach in Ryan Pannoni to Alabama. There's likely going to be some others happening as well, especially because there's been interest in some of their coaches too particularly Jaron Collins, you know, who interviewed and at least in the first round with the Detroit Pistons for their job. But the coaching carousel hasn't really truly started just yet. So once that gets going, that's when changes are going to happen. If Jaron Collins was being interviewed by the Pistons, would they maybe want to bring him on to Monty Williams staff if they hire Monty Williams? And the report out there is they really want Monty Williams right now. Easily could be the case. You know, is there anyone else on the staff that someone else might like and want to bring on? There have been a number of coaching hires, head coaching hires. We've seen the Bucks hire their head coach. We've seen the Houston Rockets hire Ime Udoka. We just heard that Nick Nurse is going to Philly. There's still the Phoenix Suns who have the opening, the Detroit Pistons who have the opening, I believe. You know, and maybe another one to come, though I don't think the Celtics are going to end up making a change. But when you look at all of that, they haven't filled out the staffs on a lot of those teams yet. Last report I saw was that Ime Udoka is going to take a couple of coaches from the Boston Celtics to be on his staff, his previous assistants. So once some people start to, once those staffs start to get filled out, that's when you look at this and start to see the coaching carousel spin. The, you know, the name we've heard the Pelicans linked to that I don't think is a a huge fix, though, add some experience to the bench, and I did a show on this too, is James Borrego, but he he's a free agent coach. He's not on a staff right now, so he can, you know, of course his name's going to be linked, but you're going to probably need to wait a little bit longer for the coaching carousel to really start spinning with the assistants. It spins with the head coaches first, and then it's going to kind of go down to the assistants as they bring in their guys, as they start to really look around the league and see who could, they could add. The Of the question on Twitter, the follow-up was, you know, that Willie Green didn't get to 
hire his own staff or bring all of that in and that a guy like David Griffin had a lot of say in it, and that's true, but Willie Green does too. There were some they wanted to keep. There were some guys on this staff that they really like that they definitely wanted to keep. Teresa Witherspoon is the best example of that. Fred Vinson is also a great example of that. He, Willie Green still has a lot of say in all of this, but it's definitely also going to be a collaborative process. So they still need to replace one coach. You know, they might want to elevate someone to that role potentially and then maybe allow you to bring in someone else. What we want to see is changes to the offense and maybe more of an offensive coordinator type role come in. I don't know if they'll be able to find that. And that's something that Willie Green can kind of work out on his own too. And he can still do a lot of that. Jaron Collins runs the defense, so if he ends up leaving, you kind of want to look to replace that and keep someone in. But also, those principles are very well established, too, and they kind of have an idea of what their scheme is and what they want to do defensively. So I think the biggest thing would be a guy like Borrego, where it would just kind of have someone who's been a head coach that can kind of save Willie Green from some of the pitfalls that younger head coaches make and save him from himself at times. But I don't think these are like the biggest deals when it comes to this. And it's like, oh my God, they haven't changed anything. Coaches grow too. And Willie Green has said he needs to kind of spend some time evaluating himself and see what he needs to do differently too. And I like him saying things like that. That means he wants to get better as a head coach and that he can try and get better as a head coach and learn from mistakes. Just like Joe Missoula, who made a lot, will do with the Boston Celtics. And it's part of the reason why they're not going to fire him. So, yeah, there's changes to the coaching staff coming. Be a little bit patient because we haven't even entered that part of the offseason where that carousel spins and spins and spins. And clearly, if they're trying to make some changes to other teams within the team, there's going to be more coming too. So keep, keep an eye out for more news on that. Eventually, we're just not at that point yet, and they're not left at the altar or anything else. What questions do you have for the Pelicans offseason? We can answer more tomorrow. Let's look at a pair of uh, players out of Arkansas, Nick Smith Jr. And I completely just blanked on the other one out of Arkansas, Anthony Black. Let's take a look at those guys coming up in tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. If you're an everyday or exclusively part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.